0: Thank you for tuning into Aggie Catholic Talks. This talk is from Magnify on January 19th, 2023. We had special guest Steve Algeyer from Life Teen join us to discuss how to come down from a place of comfort and go out to follow Christ where it is difficult. Magnify is a monthly night at St. Mary's with a talk from a guest speaker followed by praise and worship, adoration, and community. To see the full semester schedule, visit aggiecatholic.org magnify. Boy, it's great to be here. I'm not an Aggie. I went to the University of Missouri. I know, it's, I know, it's awful, it's awful. But I've always in my, I know, gosh, I just, it, it is, it's the face, it's like, eh. Well, I didn't really like the football team when I went there either, so. Um, but I admired Texas A&M from afar because uh, my life was a little up and down, a little chaotic. I was in the business school at the University of Missouri and then this little thing, Uh, that my my girlfriend invited me to at Missouri State called Awakenings and I went So I went down to Missouri State on Awakenings and it rocked my world So much that I made a commitment that semester that I wanted to bring Awakenings to the University of Missouri. This was back in 1993 and I'm proud to say they're on their 47th awakening at the University of Missouri all thanks to you guys because I always knew, like, Texas A&M, that's where it started, you know, but Father said it started at LSU, but I, I think it's Texas a <laughs> In my mind, it was always a and so I've never, I, I've, I've always wanted to come to a and I've never been here before, so when Paul asked me, like, hey, you want to go to a and and talk to college? I was, yes, I don't know what we're doing, we could be, you know, shoveling something, I'd do it, because I wanted to see it. Your light that you are as Aggies is felt all over the world, your Christian life. You need to know this. And before I jump into this, um, us in Life Teen, one of the vice presidents of Life Teen, there, I've met so many different Aggies through camp and, and coming to serve at camp, and the light that radiates from your faith is phenomenal, okay? So you need to know, first off, that you're making a difference in the world, okay? I have seven children, okay? So I have tons of free time, but my kids... <laughs> My kids have all benefited from camp. they benefited from Life Teen, and it's been Aggies that they remember the most as their summer missionaries. So thank you. You know, you can talk to Paul with that. That's my plug to continue to be a light for them. Now, I tell my kids a story about awakenings, and my son went on it three years ago when he was at the University of Missouri. <laughs> which was amazing. And he goes, and he, was like, he calls me up, and he's like, Dad, this is so amazing. Thank you and Mom for, like, bringing it here and everything like that. This is awesome. And I go, you know, this is so cool. You're calling me on a phone. I didn't have a phone when we started Awakenings, you know? Like, we didn't have cell phones, you know? And they're like, okay, Dad, you know, we didn't have this cell phone. So I, I, I always kind of joke around with them, and I'm just like, you know, just think about our world today. And, and if cell phones existed back In Jesus' time, like, what would that look like? You know, I mean, obviously, you could just imagine. I, You know, I look around at all of the the architecture and all the beautiful art. If you think about, let's just say, the glorious mysteries. No, let's say joyful. Let's go with the joyful mysteries, you know? If cell phones arrived back then, it would have been like, uh, Hey, Mayor, uh, Gabe, uh, wondering if you're still free Tuesday for that big surprise I have for you. (laughs) Reply Y if you are, reply N if you're unavailable, you know? Or the visitation would have been just like, Oh, FaceTime Elizabeth, oh, let me see your belly, oh my God, oh, he just dropped in the lava! Or if it would have been, you know, the birth of Jesus would have been like, I mean, that would have been a whole different story. We wouldn't have majors because he would have had hotels.com, you know? Just (laughs) plug it on in, you know? I got, I can get a hotel. I mean, the presentation of the Lord, you know, I mean, duh, PowerPoint, right? I mean, you know, and then, and then you think of like, you know, finding Jesus in the temple. Let's just, let's just put a little air tag on a sandal, you know? I mean, if we can put gibbets and Crocs, we can put an air tag on a sandal, you know, and be able to go, nope, I got him. I got him right here. I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer. You know, and I always think that way. That's just a strange way. I mean, we're in this beautiful mass today on you know remembering Pope Benedict, and that's where my mind goes. I'm just like, oh, I wonder what the sorrowful mysteries would be like with phones. You know, like, (laughs) listen up. But what I want to concentrate on tonight is uh, part of the gospel of the transfiguration okay and we all kind of have heard the transfiguration before we know what happens all those kind of things but if you were there like how cool would that have been this is a moment in jesus time when like amazing miracles are happening and it's so fun to to, i mean i wish i was there you know like you crave because it would just been like i'm with him you know like everywhere they go and you know anytime he goes up uh, up to pray somewhere like that's going to be a big deal I mean, you could just imagine him standing there going, uh, John, James, Peter, come on, we're, going up, the, we're going, up, going up the mountain. I mean, man, cell phones were back then. Like, John, get the phone, get the phone, I got the phone, get off of me. Okay, and they're walking and they're just like, this is so great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're walking with you and what are you guys doing? Nothing, nothing, we're not doing anything, we're just following you. We're going up the mountain. Everything's good. Here we go up the mountain. This is so cool. We're going up the mountain right now. See, there's Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, you know. And they get up to the top of the mountain, and all of a sudden, white is oh, ah, Get that on camera. He starts glowing white and transfiguring in front of them. Ah, ah, ah. I mean, you, you could have just been there, you know. You're shaking like ah, Elijah, Moses. Get in! Get in! <laughs> this is going to be great. Are you doing this? You know, like how amazing would have that been? You know, and, and we and we find out at, in this moment, you know, Peter says this amazing thing. He's just like, let's just stay here. You know, let's build three tents and let's stay here. Now, right before this in the scriptures, he had just for the first time started talking about his passion. Okay, so he's talking about dying. You know, so Peter's up here thinking, okay, we're up on the mountain. This is great. Down there, death, die. They want to kill you. Bad. Stay here. This will be great. John, you run back. Get over, Get the rest of them. We'll all come up here. And Jesus says something that doesn't even come out of his mouth. But in that transfiguration moment, his father in heaven says, this is my beloved son. Because he wants those three to realize, like, it's game on from this moment. And I know if you're anything like me, as college students, I'm not, but as college students, a lot of times we're, we're really looking at our life and we're going, I'm doing okay. I, I see a lot of other people doing crazy stuff. I'm not doing that. You know, I'm just going to stay right here where I am. And you think many times in this beautiful campus, this beautiful church, that beautiful church that's getting built, and you think, I'm just going to go there, and let's just stay there. It's a beautiful place. And the Lord doesn't let Peter even entertain that. He says, it's time to go down the mountain. It's game on now. And I think sometimes in our life, I know if you're anything like me, I have those moments where I'm at a crossroads. And I think the disciples were at this crossroads, at least those three. Do I choose to be a victim or do I choose victory? And the Lord's trying to tell them, in order to choose victory, you're going to have to die to yourself. He says right in the scripture, right before the transfiguration, unless you lose your life for me, you will never gain I will let you, unless you lose your life, it will not be saved. And they're like, going, what, wait, what? Everything was fine. We were doing miracles. It was like, miracle here, miracle. Like, why do we have to be talking this? I don't understand. Lose your life. All that, like, you're supposed to, you know, I, I don't get it. And he's trying to tell them, you, can, you, have a, you have a way in which you can go either towards victory, of the cross and lose your life, or you can play the victim. And you know it in our life. Everyone right now loves to play the victim, because the victim gets friends. If, some, if something has gone wrong for you and you just want to cry about it, you can put it out on Instagram and everyone. "Oh, I am so sorry, and you get all this, stuff, you get all this sympathy and everybody. I know for me, I like that. And I like to splash around in my pity pool, you know. I have seven, I have seven kids and I'm just like, they don't listen to me. Blah, you know, and I splash around in my pity pool, you know. And I get I get none of that sympathy, you know, because the Lord's going, get out. When I talk about lose your life, I'm talking about dying to yourself. I'm talking talking about risking it for me. Not just sitting in the church, but going out there. It was so cool we were over there talking to a lot of the leadership team, we we're talking about Ash Wednesday and what do we need to do? Like, here comes Ash Wednesday and the church is going to be packed and, you know, how do we love the people that are coming, you know? And you, you follow them back to their dorm and walk with them. It's kind of creepy, like, uh, <laughs> wow, well, I don't live here, but I'm walking all the way with, you know, but you love them. You, you walk with them. You die to yourself in what you want so that you gain what the Lord wants. And I think we've done a, a disservice. I know, at least for me, we've done a disservice in this. If you've ever played, like, church grade school basketball, you know, you remember, remember those church leagues where the shorts are too long, and the top doesn't fit, and, you know, you're, you're coming up for the first time playing basketball. I was a coach, so I know this. You know, I coached my third grade girls in basketball. Oh, man. I mean, LeBron James, nothing on these girls. <laughs> You know, they, they, they start walking out. And, and when you're coaching third grade girls, you know, there's, you kind of, as a man, you kind of profile. I shouldn't do it, but I just looked at their shoes. And I could tell if we were going to win a game or lose a game. <laughs> Little Cindy comes in Crocs. I'm, we're losing. <laughs> you know? Joanne over there has got, like, Nike Air Jordans. They're going to crush us. You know and you can do that and I did that as a coach I'm like counting it and I remember our kids the girls coming in you know they're wearing like sandals and it's and I'm like okay I had to send out an email the parents be like okay please buy some kind of tennis shoe it doesn't have to be a basketball shoe but a tennis shoe I remember trying to help these girls and I kid you not side story my daughter who just graduated from college was one of those girls at the time and she was really good and she was uh, you know it's like get test the ball Okay, but I made a point I knew right at the beginning in the first game We were never going to like compete. It wasn't gonna be this like hey get that big trophy at the end of the year We weren't gonna compete so I made it a goal to make sure that every girl got a basket Throughout the year, you know, so that was our goal and I would keep tallies and this Danielle girl god love her. I mean I, I mean that poor thing <laughs> eight, eight games into the season We're down at their bucket, you know, where we're supposed to rebound and go the other way. She grabs the ball and I'm like, yeah, great rebound. Chucks it right back up and scores on their basket. The other team's parents are like, that counts, that counts. You know, like, you know, I mean, it's third grade basketball, this is, you know. and, And her mom is like, yay, Danielle. And I'm sitting over there going, Tess looks at me like, are you kidding? And I go, good job, Danielle. Way to go. She's walking back. Next time, let's go to that one. Okay. But I counted it as a basket. But I remember one of the things that as I was learning from other coaches was, and this is something that's bothered me still to this day, and it's and I think this is what I wanted to apologize to you as Catholics is when you learned the four corners drill. You know, which is keep away because you're up by a point, you know? It's this delay of game kind of thing. And if you've ever played not to lose, you usually lose. You ever seen those people that play not to lose, and they're really timid, and they're like, no, let's, let's put 85 people back on defense, and let's just guard our goal, <laughs> you know? And you're just like, I mean, I remember we, we, we got up early in this game, like two to nothing, you know, because baskets are tough to come by. We got up early, two to nothing. One of the girls is like, should we go into four corners? And I'm just like, oh, you know. But I apologize because we have taught, I think our our kids, and it's kind of spilled over in our faith, we've taught a lot of us as Catholics on playing not to lose rather than play to win. And if there's anything that I can give you tonight, as we get ready to love on the Lord and he loves on us, it's an encouragement to play to win. And to play to win means that you're going to put it all out on the line, that you're not going to worry about the defense. Everything that I taught those girls was how to make a basket and play defense. I never taught them how to play keep away. But I think sometimes in our faith, we go, well, I'm good right here, Lord. And we play not to lose. Like, I've got enough. My daughter was at SEEK and I know a lot of you guys went to SEEK uh, in St. Louis and stuff like that. And I was talking to her afterwards because she had just graduated and she had a couple, she had a job interview all this kind of stuff. And one of them was for youth ministry and she came back from SEEK and she goes, I'm gonna play to win. And I'm going to be a youth minister. And, you know, being a youth minister myself, I'm just like, okay, that's cool. No, I was like, what? give me a hug. What do you want? You want a new car? Or you want it? You know, like, <laughs> I was just like, you know, so excited. But it was in that moment that you could just see, like, the Lord's calling us to more. He's calling us to lay down our lives. He's calling us to be shot out of this church into that college campus. Alive and joyful for our faith. It's amazing the difference that living as the victim, what that will give you is maybe some popularity, some likes, some friends, you know, some social media friends, or walking away and, praying, and, and walking towards victory, walking towards the cross. So tonight, my encouragement to you it's don't, don't play not to lose. Don't think of how can I keep this just right here. And, and I, as long as I'm not overtly sinning, I'm okay. Like the Lord made you for greatness. He made you to impact people's lives. He made you to play offense and go after it and lay down your life. That's what he was calling Peter and the disciples. And that's what they were struggling with when he said, come on, it's time to go back down the hill. This last May, I was able to be in the Holy Land. I was on the Mount of Transfiguration. You take a bus only halfway, and then you get off of that, and you have to take bands because it's so high, and it's kind of like this back and forth and back and forth. And you get up on the Mount of Transfiguration. There's a chapel there, a big chapel. But you stand on that, and there's a balcony around, and you can see the entire valley. How cool that would have been to be with Jesus standing right there and going, Lord, we should stay here. And he goes, "Uh uh-uh, look out there. That's where we need to go. That's a world crying out for you and for me. And the only way they're going to know it is if we lay down our lives and we choose the victory. Because the whole time, Peter's saying, let's play not to lose. Let's don't lose this moment. This is awesome. And the Lord's going, Peter, if you only knew how much more I was going to do in your life. You see, the Lord's picked up the pen. You've come here tonight. I don't know if it was, I don't know where you're at. Maybe you're just like, I came here tonight and I don't even want to be here. Or they made me come. Or that girl's cute and she invited me. Or whatever it is. You know, like, <laughs> it's all good. But to walk through those doors, you've basically surrendered being the author of your own story, because tonight the Lord gets to write. And every time we come in this chapel, we say, Lord, write my story. He took Mary and he wrote a better story. He took Saul and he made him Paul, changed his name, made a better story. He took Simon, called him Peter, made a better story. He took Benedict, Joseph Ratzinger, and he called him Benedict, made a better story. I'm not saying he's going to change your name tonight, so don't get nervous. <laughs> but man, he's going to do something awesome. Because up on this table, up on this altar, which I call the table of contents, for your story, I want you to surrender that to him. Say, Lord, i am given it to you again. I want you to write a better story. I trust you to be the author of my life. I trust you to take all those dark times when I think I'm just going to stay right here and I'm not going to I'm not going to be you know Christ to other people. And I I'm I'm thinking I'm splashing around in the pity pool. And I want to give you the pen. You write something better. You take Steve, just a you know a crazy you know probably borderline alcoholic in college, which I was. And you write a better story so that someday I would die and give my life to my wife and my kids and to a bunch of Aggies, you know? (laughs) Like, this is an awesome story. I never, ever in my life when I was in college would think I'd be standing in a chapel with a chapel filled with amazing people and sharing what Jesus wanted to share through me. Please, replace me in this world. I challenge you, replace me and change the world. So tonight as we get ready to go into adoration, this is a great opportunity for us. Like I said, it's a table of contents and this is the man and he's got a great big dream for you and don't be nervous because it's always more. He never makes it less. It's more. Never thought I'd have seven kids. Never thought I'd be married to a wonderful wife. Never thought I'd be here. It's your turn. Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we praise you we thank you for the gift of this moment, for whatever encouraged us, whatever friend that's sitting in the pew next to us that said, hey, I want you to go to Magnify tonight. Well, what's magnified? Just go. Just come with me. And we walked in this door, maybe some of us darkening the door of this chapel for the first time, obviously, maybe the first time this semester, maybe the first time ever. And we said, I don't really know what goes on in there. Lord, remind us what goes on in here is mercy and love. Remind us that we have a a, a Savior that loves us so much that doesn't want us to just stay put, that doesn't want us to play not to lose, wants us to play to win. A Savior that's calling us for more. Lord, whatever it is in our hearts that you need to move out of the way so that we can chase after you with everything we've got, move it out of the way. Mary, thank you for your bold yes, for not you coming back to the angel and saying, well, what is this going to look like, or what is it going to feel like, or I don't, you know, I, I don't really understand. You said, be it done to me according to your will, because you knew that the Lord had bigger plans for you. And then you brought him to us. We ask for your intercession tonight, for your encouragement to trust in the same Lord that you trusted in, in the blessed sacrament. As we pray, hail Mary, full of grace.